Good morning, this is Mike Wetzel and welcome to Together Church and I want to say happy Mother's Day to everybody out there. I want to tell you a little story before we get started. A four-year-old and a six-year-old presented their mom with a house plan. They had used their own money and she was just thrilled by it. The older of them said with a sad face, there was a bouquet that we wanted to give you at the flower shop, but it was real pretty, but it was too expensive. It had a ribbon on it that said, rest in peace. And we thought it would be just perfect since you're always asking for a little peace so you can rest. <laughs> Let's go to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20. My son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. You know, mothers teach us a lot about life. Mothers teach us about foresight. They say, make sure and wear clean underwear in case you get in an accident. You know, they teach us about prayer. They say, you better pray that, that comes out of the carpet. Mothers teach us about contradictions. They say, shut up and eat your dinner. <laughs> Mothers teach us about genetics. They say, you're just like your father. And mothers teach us about the weather. It looks like a tornado swept through your room. And last but not least, they teach us about the circle of life. They tell us, they say, I brought you into this world, I can take you out. Okay, I want to talk about this morning a different kind of mother. And I'm going to go to Exodus chapter 1, verse 8 through 22. We're going to talk about Moses' mother and, and the faith that she had and how she trusted God and she feared God more than she did Pharaoh and she did everything in her power to create an atmosphere for Moses uh, to grow up and to teach him about God and that he would return to God and, and end up being a leader that would uh, lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Yeah, let's go with uh, verse 8. Then a new king who did not know about Joseph came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become much too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us and leave the country. So they put the slave masters over to oppress them with forced labor. And they built Python and Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with hard labor in brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. And in all their hard labor, the Egyptians used them ruth ruthlessly. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, who, whose names were Shipra and Puah, when you help the Hebrew women in childbirth, observe them on delivery, on the delivery stool. If it is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. 
And because of the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Every boy that is born you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. You know, the children of Israel were living in the land of Egypt. And Joseph, uh, you know, Joseph had come in and interpreted the king's, Pharaoh's dream, and he saved Egypt from starvation. And during that time, Joseph was elevated to second in charge of all of Egypt. In that, in that time, he brought his family, the Israelites, to Egypt, and they lived in a place called Goshen. And God blessed the Israelites, and they multiplied greatly. And then Joseph dies. He passes on, and a new king comes on the scene, and he doesn't know Joseph. And he begins to fear the Israelites because the Israelites had grown and multiplied, so he began to treat them cruelly. Uh, he oppressed them, and the more he oppressed them, the more they multiplied. So it made the king even that much more fearful. So he told the, the midwives, he says, I want you to kill all the male children. But they feared the Lord more than they feared Pharaoh, and they did not kill the babies. And, and uh, here's what I love what they said. The midwives said, when, when, Pharaoh, when Pharaoh asked, he said, why didn't you kill the, the boys? He said, they said, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. You know, that's true. Godly women are different kind of mothers than worldly women are. Godly women, they fear God more than they do the world. They trust God more than they do the world. They carry themselves different. When, when a godly mother walks into the room, the whole atmosphere changes. I remember my mother when uh, when my brother and I, when we were doing something wrong, when we, and that was a lot of the times we were, when we did that, my mother would enter the room and boom. So I, I mean, it would all everything stop right then. It's almost like she had eyes in the back of her head. She knew what we were doing. You know, with her and and most godly mothers, every everything is black and white. There's no gray areas. Like with me, I would always try to talk my mother in. To, uh, to let me do some things that, that was against our belief system. And my mother would say, no, you can't do it. And I would say, well, everybody else is doing it. And my mother said, I don't care what everybody else is doing. We don't participate in that kind of thing. And it made me so mad at the time. I didn't understand. But as I grew up, now I understand what my mother was doing. She was laying down some guidelines for me as a safety to keep me from getting out and, and doing things that would harm me or get me on the wrong track. And that's, what, that's why Christian mothers are different kind of mothers because Christian mothers are not afraid to step in and say, this is right, this is wrong. And, and it doesn't matter if they make you mad or not. They stand on their principles. And that's the difference today between godly women and worldly women. You know, uh, Pharaoh, he ordered all the babies to be thrown in the Nile. Let's go to Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Now a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him, coated it with tar and pitch, and she placed the child in it, 
and put it amongst the reeds along the banks of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl to get it. She opened it and saw the baby, and he was crying. And she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered, and the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Now, you know, this is a lady whose first mention in the Bible does not even tell tell us what her name was. It was not until chapter 6 that we get to know her name. Her Moses' mother's name was Jochebed. And she was a woman of courage. She was a mother who defiled a king. He defied a king. I wonder how Jochebed felt when she discovered she was pregnant. You know, it was probably not a planned pregnancy because in, in that day when all the male children were being killed, it's not a good time to have a baby. So it was probably unexpected, and I can imagine that when she found out she was pregnant, she was prayed and asked God, Lord, please let this be a girl, please, God. You know, and begged God for it to be a girl. And I can imagine the sleepless night she had as her time came near to have the baby. And then when the baby came, of course, it was a little boy, perfect little boy. And Scripture tells us she looked upon him and saw that he was beautiful. He, he was just a perfect little little uh, fella, and she had faith. You know, she knew and believed that this baby was special, that this baby was set apart for a special purpose from God. She knew that in her heart. So she was going to do everything she could to protect her child. And, you know, Moses was indeed set apart uh, by God for a special purpose. I want to tell you this morning that every child that is born today is set apart by God. Every child that is born has a special purpose in this life. And that's why we should, as mothers and fathers, we should take these children and raise them up and protect them and teach them about the fear of God and, 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 and to understand the ways of God and to protect them because every child that is born God chose to, to create that child in your womb. To, and that child has a special purpose. You know, I can imagine in the moments after the birth, she, she had to make a courageous decision. She would not let this baby be taken. She would hide the baby. And the Bible says she hid the baby because she feared God more than she feared Pharaoh. You see, there was all kinds of enemies after Moses. They were societal enemies. You know, they were, they were, she had to be very careful who, who even know that she had a male child because even some of her own people could have ratted her out to the Pharaoh and he could have come and, and took the baby away from her. So she had to be so careful uh, about how she let society interact with her and her baby. You know, and it's the same, it's the same way today. Our, our little ones face societal dangers today. You know, and it, re it requires a mother that will stand courageous 
and teach their children to fear God more than the pressures uh, of friends and media, peer pressure that's going on these days, uh, and all the things. You know, and not only did she have societal enemies, but she also had governmental enemies. The governing authorities were demanding the life of Moses. They wanted to kill him. You know, our government pressures of the day are just as real. They're not trying to throw him in the Nile, but they're trying to teach them to question their gender. They're trying to poison their minds on this new woke agenda. There's so many things that this government that we have today are trying to do to destroy our children and to make them not even know who they are. That's so why I'm so thankful that real mothers for God will stand up with, with courage and tell their children that they were not a mistake, they're not a happenstance, but they were fearfully and wonderfully made by God for a purpose today. You know, not only uh, was she a woman of faith, Jacobel was a woman of humble surrender in Exodus 2, verse 3. When she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it amongst the reeds along the banks of the Nile. Mothers, there comes a time when you can hide them no longer. You've done all you can do. You teach them about the Lord. You teach them the ways that they should go. And then we have to have the faith to just release them to God and say, God, I've done everything I know to do. I can't hide them any longer. I'm giving them to you, Lord. I'm asking God that you would protect my child. And that's what Moses' mother did. You know, she surrendered to God. She knew that she had done all she could do. And now it was up to God to do the rest. So she put him in a basket. She took him to the Nile and she places him in the Nile River. In Exodus chapter two, verses seven through 10. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she said. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me. I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because he said, saying, I drew him out of the water. You see, the God rewarded Moses' mother. She was she was courageous woman. She took care of her baby. She did everything she could do. And then when it came time, she had the faith to believe that God was going to take care of that baby. And, and through her faith, she was able, God brought Pharaoh's daughter out there at the right time, at the right place to see him, to have compassion on him, and to, and to actually save his life. So the very thing, the Nile River that's supposed to take his life, ended up saving his life. And I, and I like the way the mother did. She she trusted God, but she also sent the older sister out there to watch too. She sent her, and, and that sister was, was watching the whole thing. And so when, when the sister saw that Pharaoh's daughter, you know, was attracted to the baby, she stepped in, and, and she did a good thing too. She, she saved, helped save Moses' life. And, and through that, Moses' mother gets a chance to impart into that child, the, the love of God, the fear of God, and, and give him a great foundation. And not only does she get to do it, she gets paid to do it. 
See, that's how God works. When you trust God and you begin to step out in faith to believe that God's going to take care of the situation and you do all you can do and then you give them to God, then God will turn things around like he did for Moses' mother. Moses' mother ended up keeping that child for several years, nursed that child, began to teach that child about the one true God, and that paid off. She imparted into that baby everything that she could in the time that she had. And, and mothers never underestimate the power that you have to impart into your child. I believe mothers, and I know that in my life, between my mother and other uh, ladies as I was growing up, they're the ones that taught me about children, about Jesus. I was in children's church as a small child. I remember being taught about Jesus by a woman. My mother, she used to read Bible stories to me. My aunt, she used to read to me and tell me about Jesus. So there's nothing, I believe, more important than a mother in a child's life. You need both father and mother. There's roles for both. But there's something special about that mother's love and about that connection between that child and that mother. And she had the opportunity to impart in Moses everything that he would need as he began to grow up. You know, Jochebed was a woman of courage. She was a, a woman of humble surrender. And she, and she was a woman of impartation. And she, all of that allowed her to become a woman of continued legacy. You know, to this day, she is one of two women referenced in Hebrews 11, which is the Faith Hall of Fame chapter. In Hebrews 11, verse 23 through 29, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months. And after he was born, after he was born, because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You see, the time that she had Moses, she imparted that that love of God and that fear of God in his life. So when he was grown, he went. He knew who his real mother was. He knew who the real God was, and he refused to be known as, as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. Moses could have had anything he wanted. He was the Pharaoh, he was the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He had everything, but because of what that mother imparted into him as a child, he chose to go back and be with his real mother and be with his people. He he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. Listen, God dis didn't disappoint. The thing that was supposed to have killed him saved his life. The fact that his mother trusted God and didn't fold to the pressures of government, to the pressures of the king. She was willing to, to sacrifice her life if she needed to be. 
needed to for her child. She took that child and she kept him. She hid him for as long as she could. And then when time came to let him go, she trusted God enough to let him go. And through her faith to believe, God saved him and brought him back to her, gave her time to impart in him the very things that he would need as he began to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt and across into the, on their way to the promised land. God did not disappoint. God held his, his bar, uh, end of the bargain up. And it, you know, it may be, it may seem hard today to stand up for what's right. But I encourage you today to do so, to believe in God, to take your children as they, while they're still small, teach those children everything you can about God. Teach them the, to have the fear of God and the love of God and to understand who he is. Because God, when those children, as they grow up, they won't forget that. That will stick with them for the rest of their life. I know as I grew up, there was a period of time when I, I got away from the Lord as a teenager and a young man and I went out into the world and did some things that I was not proud of. But as I was doing those things, I could feel that little in my heart, that little gnawing, knowing that I was that I needed to get back to God. And I I never could even enjoy doing things in the world because I could feel that. That thing that my mother instilled in me as a child would kept talking to me and speaking to me as the Holy Spirit. And I ended up coming back, giving my heart to the Lord. And so, and you know, and I tell you, you may be a mother today and you may have done that. You may have, have taught your child and now your child's not living for God. And he's out in the world. I want you to know this, that the very thing that you taught that child is still with that child. And though they may not be living for God now, that very thing that you put in their heart is still there. And the Holy Spirit is still speaking to those people. And you just keep praying and, and believing God, and God will bring those children back to, back to him. I believe that with all my heart. I want to pray today as we, as we end. Lord, I thank you for the mothers today, God. I thank you, Lord, for each godly mother, a different kind of mother. Lord, the ones that are not afraid to be strong, not afraid to, to stand for what's right. And, Lord, I ask you to bless our mothers today. God, there are a lot of single mothers out there, Lord, that are having to struggle to, to make ends meet and raise their children. I ask God that you would bless them, Lord. And, and God, just let them know that you're there with them and give them that peace, Lord, and to know that you are there. And I, I just pray for all the mothers today, God, to bless them. God, let there be a, just a, a blessing on our mothers, God. And we thank you for it. Amen.